Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, last year there were a lot of people observing, even celebrating, the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. It wasn't just Lutherans. Protestants of every stripe and even many Roman Catholics got in on the commemoration of of the historic event that that shook up the Christian church and much of Europe forever, altering the, the landscape, the religiously, politically, and culturally. The, the Roman Catholics usually said something about honoring Luther's spirit of reform and how it ushered in some needed change within their church. The Protestants typically lauded Luther as, as the man who got everything started and set the stage for all the later developments that led them to where they are today. Lutherans who wanted to talk about something beyond the posting of the 95 Theses and the historical significance of Luther's break with Rome, like, say, Luther's theological legacy or or later writings, often found themselves unheard and frustrated. And a big part of that frustration comes from the common idea that Luther and Lutherans served their purpose and should now either just fade away or get with the program of the modern church. You may perhaps have had one of those conversations yourself in which someone finds out that you belong to a church that honors not only Luther's name, but also his doctrine, and and says something like, wow, I uh, didn't think there were any churches like that left. Or or maybe it's the encounter with a, a theological liberal who who condescends to let you know how quaint it is that you believe the same things that Luther believed and taught. Or the equally offensive attitude of an evangelical acquaintance who assumes Lutheran means unbeliever because she's never heard anything about Lutherans being saved by grace or teaching what the Bible says. Deal with enough of these people and those perspectives, and it might even make you wonder what value there really is in being a Lutheran. So what is the point? Why bother being a Lutheran? Whether to answer someone else's questions or accusations or or only for your own reassurance and comfort, let's review the reasons. We have a firm foundation. Today we will consider seven blessings of the Lutheran Reformation. Not not as rah-rah-yay-us, but as alleluia, yay God, thank you for this. Now the first of these blessings may strike you as odd, that we would single it out as a particular blessing of, of our heritage, Christ. This is not to say that non-Lutherans don't have Jesus, which would be to say that we are the only Christians, which we absolutely do not claim. No, we claim Christ as a special blessing of the Lutheran Reformation for two reasons. One deeply theological and one more practical. The deep reason is that when Lutheran theologians do their thing, 
they begin and end with Christ. Not with abstractions and ideas about God or the universe. And this is exactly the way that the Lord intends for us to begin to know Him, which is what theology is, the knowledge of God. John's Gospel brings this out in many places, perhaps most directly in in the conversation between Jesus and His disciples in the upper room the night He was betrayed. Jesus says, No one comes to the Father except through Me. If you really knew Me, you would know My Father as well. From now on you do know Him and have seen Him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know Me, Philip? even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. We also have these words from the letter to the Hebrews. In these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. And the Apostle Paul in Colossians calls Christ the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. This is is one of the things that, that I have learned distinguishes proper apologetics from less successful apologetics. If your goal in answering the arguments of a skeptic or making an argument for Christianity with, say, an atheist, if your goal is just to get the other person to to basically believe there is a God or that the world is created and not evolved, even if you succeed, you still have not brought that person a saving knowledge of their Lord. But God's designed introduction to our sinful world was the person of the flesh and blood Jesus Christ. And if we can get the unbeliever to see the Savior, all the other knowledge of God can follow from that. Now the more practical reason that we claim Christ as a special blessing is simply that because we teach the whole truth of the entire Scriptures without subjecting it to other authorities or diluting it with human opinions, we know and teach and believe in a more real Jesus. Our Christ is fully divine and fully human. Our Savior gets tired and hungry like any of us, and yet has the power in and of Himself to cast out demons, heal diseases, and still storms. Our Lord loves and welcomes sinners, yet still condemns sin and every disobedience to His Father's will. Our Jesus is sinless, and yet suffers and dies as a sinner for sinners. And that leads us to the second blessing we particularly claim good news. I could have just said the gospel, because gospel means good news, but far too few people today understand and remember that. In fact, it's not hard to come across Christians and churches using the word gospel to mean something like 
rules that every person should follow in order to gain God's favor. Because that's what they think Christianity is about. Christ's only purpose in coming to earth, though, was not to improve our behavior. That in fact is the exact opposite of what he came for and what the gospel really is. Because it really is good news. We hear it from the angel announcing Jesus' birth to the shepherds. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. We read it in Romans No one will be declared righteous in God's sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But now, a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We rejoice to find this good news in Ephesians. Because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The bad news of Scripture is not too hard to find. God has strict demands He makes of all people that they do what is right and not do what is wrong, but none of us is actually capable of living that way. We are all sinners who sin from from when we first come alive in our mother's wombs to the last breath we take. And for that, we deserve death and damnation. By all rights, we should live in constant fear of God's wrath and our death and the judgment that follows. But what the Holy Spirit led Luther to rediscover and what the Lutheran Reformation has always and most importantly stood for is that God has good news that undoes the bad news. He loved the world so much, He sent His Son to be our Savior. Grace, His undeserved love for us undeserving sinners. Grace led Jesus to the cross to die in our place and take the punishment we deserved. And that same grace led Him out of the grave to eternal life, which is now ours when we believe in Him. We are therefore free from the fear of death and free from bondage to sin. We have peace with God and therefore peace in our hearts. We have the comfort that that comes from, from knowing that everything that needs to be done for our salvation has been done for us in Christ. Salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, for us is not just a teaching, but it is a a joyous reality. We have these powerful truths, not just as ideas or concepts, but, but in accessible forms. 
God has given us the gospel in his word. And he has also placed it in the more tangible forms of of baptism and the Lord's Supper so that we have an abundance of ways to receive forgiveness for our sins, life in Christ, and full salvation. This is good news. And it is ours. Ours to have, ours to celebrate, ours to share. And closely related to that is another blessing that we claim as Lutherans. Confidence. This is not pride or arrogance, but the sure and certain knowledge that we stand on a firm foundation and have our God as a mighty fortress. One of the main things that Martin Luther returned to the church was the importance of of sola scriptura, Scripture alone, that we have our faith or that we base our faith and life only on the Scriptures, on the Word of God, the Bible, and not on the ideas or teachings of mere men, no matter how holy, no matter how respected, no matter how powerful they might be. This means that when we teach what the Bible teaches, we can be confident that we are actually teaching God's truth what he intends and requires that we believe and teach. And this leads us to confidence in all things and at all times, even in the trials that Jesus warned us about in our Gospel reading today. The Word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. Because we know we can rely on every word and promise of Scripture, Jesus affirms that it cannot be broken. We are certain of God's salvation, which is revealed there, not only in and for eternity, but also in the here and now. He will take care of us in this world, and and when the time comes, take us to joy in the next. Because we know that all our doctrines are founded on God's own word, we can be confident that our church has strong roots After more than 500 years, we can be sure that that, that what has survived and been passed down to us is doctrine that has been tested and proved in the fires of, of conflict and debate. And because we know that what we have is the same truth taught by the apostles and prophets because it is what they wrote in the Scriptures, we never have to worry that our teachings might have to change tomorrow or next year when some new idea appears on the scene. God has given us confidence. And with that comes another blessing. Substance. There is spiritual meat and theological depth in Lutheranism. So much modern spirituality is a mile wide and an inch deep. And this is often reflected in its worship and its songs. Not not just in what is preached in pulpits and written in books or online. Our heritage has substance. We don't run from the deep truths of the faith. We embrace them because they are all part of our Lord's loving, loving Lord's revealed will and word. The Part of the all things that Christ has commissioned us to teach the world. And they're all good because they're all from God. So we teach the theology of the cross. We're honest about the suffering that Christians endure because of their faith, even as we emphasize the joy that comes from believing. 
Our liturgy and hymns also go deep into the Word of God and also into the issues of life in this world. Lutheranism is not just a veneer of faith, not just a label, but it is a rich heritage of strong belief that has stood the test of time and helps us take a stand in our time. And when taking a stand, it's always helpful to have what is our next blessing, balance. It has been said that balance is the hardest thing in the life of a Christian, and there is truth to that. And so we are thankful that the faith passed down to us is not unbalanced. Instead, following Martin Luther's example, and of course, founding everything on Scripture, we understand how the life of a believer is mostly both and and not either or. We don't teach and preach only law or only gospel. We use both as God intends, but let the gospel predominate. We don't give all authority on earth to the church or to the state. We recognize that God has two kingdoms and and each has their areas of responsibility. We don't focus only on how our religion makes us feel. Nor do we ignore our emotion and coldly focus only on what our reason tells us. We use our God-given minds to better understand and communicate the truths of Scripture, but we don't let reason stand in judgment over the Bible when something doesn't suit us. We can balance our seriousness with humor, and our suffering is tempered with joy. And any temptation to become arrogant in our Lutheranism is balanced by the next blessing we claim, humility. We follow not only Luther in making honest appraisals of ourselves, but the Apostle Paul. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. For that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display His unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on Him and receive eternal life. When we begin everything, even our weekly worship, with the confession that we are sinners deserving nothing from God but judgment, pride clearly has no place in our theology or in our lives. The character of the Lutheran Reformation was set already in the 95 Theses Luther posted 501 years ago on the church door in Wittenberg because those theses focused on the truth that God wills the entire life of the Christian to be one of repentance. And one of the particular teachings of our church's founder is the idea that that each of us is at the same time sinner and saint. This side of heaven, we will never reach perfection. And so there is always work to do to keep our lives and our doctrine pure. And humility also shows up in our willingness to let God speak and to trust Him even when human reason demands information or understanding that He has not chosen to give us. The Trinity, God is three persons in one deity, does not make sense to us. Neither does it make sense that in the Lord's Supper we receive Christ's very body and blood at the same time we receive the bread and wine. But where God has spoken, we trust Him. 
And we humbly admit that His truth is not bound by our inability to understand Him. We can say, I don't know, when Scripture presents us with a mystery. And we're okay with that. Like Paul, we say, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable His judgments and His paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been His counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay Him? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. And finally, one last blessing. One that we are paying special attention to this ministry year. Family. Yes, we have an understanding of and appreciation for what the Holy Christian Church, the family of God, is and, and how that connects us to every other believer. And that, that understanding and appreciation is hard to find in, in other churches. But, well, we do not have a lowest common denominator brotherhood that merely asserts that because we all happen to come to the same place every week or or that we're connected, or, or, or that because we all go to churches or have parents or grandparents that share the same Christian label, that that, that makes us family. Now what we share is a deep and, and intimate confession of faith. This is what we believe, teach, and confess. And this goes back centuries, and it has endured both blessing and deep conflict. Sadly, many who use the name Lutheran today have lost this appreciation for, for what that is supposed to mean. They neither believe the things that Lutherans confess nor honor our heritage. So we often now have to identify ourselves even further as confessional Lutherans or, or even as Wisconsin Synod. But we do have something special because of the confession and history that we share. And that is especially true, of course, of what we share here as Christ Lutheran Church. We are not just people who happen to come to the same place every week, most of whose names we happen to know. No. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, with Christ Himself as our brother and God as our Father. And for this family, we give thanks. We are not holding ourselves up above other churches and Christians as, as better or more worthy. We are just thankful deeply for the blessings that God has showered on us through the Lutheran Reformation. We didn't earn these blessings. We don't deserve them. They are entirely gifts of God's grace that have been passed down to us for our benefit and for our use. So we celebrate this Reformation with gratitude to God. Gratitude for Christ. Gratitude for the good news. Gratitude for the confidence that we have from standing on the Scriptures. Gratitude for the substance that is our faith. Gratitude for the balance in our faith, in our lives. Gratitude for the humility that keeps us standing where and as we should. And gratitude again for the family of God that we have become part of. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Alleluia. Amen. Please rise. 
Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless in the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all time, now and to all eternity. Amen.